Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. We're glad you're here, and special welcome to all of you joining us first time or online. Uh, if you're new with us online, uh, there's a communicator card right for you on our website. You can fill that out, email that to us, let us know that you're here online as well. Uh, and if you're in the room, there's one right under your seat. So uh, if you're in the front row, they're behind you, or if you're in those rows, they're right in front of you. But if you'll fill this out, as well as members, anything you need, any questions you may have, any way we can serve you, put that on the communicator card. That's our best way to, uh, to connect with you. Also, there's room for prayer requests praise reports. We have an intercession team that prays over these along with the staff and elders uh, every single week. So if there's anything we can stand with you in prayer or if God's doing anything, please let us know that. That's so encouraging to hear how God's answering your prayer. So uh, we're getting ready to wrap up the year and I'm, I'm excited to talk about as a church all that God's done in our lives over the last 12 months. It's been pretty remarkable. Uh, you can drop these in a tithe and offering containers on your way out. There's blue boxes by every door. Uh, just drop these in there uh, as well. Uh, your tithes and offerings, make that part of your worship. It's a joy to bring back your first tenth to the Lord. Uh, it's his, it's his to bring, and so uh, we just jo- enjoy doing that as a body together. So whether you give by check or online or however you do, uh, it's about your heart, not about how. So uh, make that part of your worship this morning. Um, well, a couple quick things before we get going. How many veterans we have in the house or outside the house? If you're, raise your hand. Will you stand? Let's give them. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Stand, stand. I know you're not asking for it. I know. That's all right. We should just do that for 20 more minutes. That was real short. I know, but veterans, we're just so thankful for you. In fact, we got a great day in our men's, so uh, if you're a man and you want to be around some other veterans today sharing stories, uh, we've got two great guys that are going to share uh, not only what the Lord's done in their life, but they're going to, uh, like you, we all have a story, right? And so they're going to be sharing their story. In fact, one of them went down in a helicopter, and has, that's caused some issues in his life, and so, but he's going to share about how his faith has uh, been part through that and how God has uh, taken that situation and turned it around for good. So you want to be there, man. And, uh, uh, it's for 18 and up, so because the, obviously the content's going to be a little bit riskier for the, for the younger ones. So uh, parents, it's up to you. You know, you know your children, so if you want them to be there uh, and they can handle that, that's totally fine. But we're asking for 18 and up is kind of our caveat. But, uh, so veterans, happy Veterans Day. Hope you enjoy the day. You have more than just a day. We're always thankful for what you've done for us. Uh, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, so we're so thankful for you. Um, and uh, today, I wanted to also thank you for last week. How many of you guys were here for the feast? Ooh, that was good. That was a good feast. That was a good, I, I just, we couldn't have made it happen without you. So, so many of you volunteered and jumped in. I just encourage you, if that was your first time volunteering, uh, see Pastor Manny out in the lobby. There's a place for you. We'd love to get you connected. But I was just so amazed. We had six water baptisms. Now, only one was scheduled. Five, they, went, they got baptized on their own fruition. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Ryan did a great testimony. He gave his testimony how he had a traumatic situation in his life, and it really caused him to go into alcoholism and how God has rescued him and saved him. And so uh, he did a great job. I think he's out in the parking lot. I'm not sure he's in here, but uh, just was really impressed with what God's doing in him. Uh, And just, you know, uh, running and and, uh, racing the kids. And and I beat every one of them on the bounce house, right, Micah? I crushed you, didn't I? No, I didn't. All right. He beat me pretty good. I still got wounds from that, but uh, it was good. I just loved celebrating with you, loved hearing all your stories. It was an amazing day. For those of you that are new, we do feast days or serve days every fifth Sunday. And so that was our first feast day, and it was really just a, a joy and a, and, a, and a great time. So looking forward to January, which would be the next fifth Sunday. Uh, we're still praying about if it's going to be a serve or feast or a foot of snow or no snow. You know, we got to think about all those things in January. So we're, we're getting ready. But thank you again. It was a great day. 
day, uh, memorable day, memorable day, and I'm, I'm thankful for each of you. This morning, we're going to close out Proverbs. Uh, this has been a great series. How many of you guys have been loving this series? It's been really, really great. Um, you know, there's just so many nuggets, so many things that you can grab hold on. Uh, as I've told you all throughout the series, just you know, grab one. If you can handle just one, just take one. If there's many that God's speaking to you, uh, just keep walking and keep uh, putting God in your heart. It's just amazing what he's doing. Uh, today's about the most, uh, we're going to end with the most important responsibility every single one of us in this room and outside of this room have, and that's in relationships. So whether it's your family relationships, whether it's your friendships, this is the most important responsibility God's given to every one of us. Now, we all are going to have a certain amount of time on earth, right? We don't know when that is, but we're all here and we're all watching, so we're all, we're all here. So we're, we're grateful we got another breath today. Uh, but the reality is, is many of us, all of us, there's things that we do on earth. There's, there's things called, you know, we all have different things and stuff and houses and cars and net worths. And while, you know, that stuff has some importance, God uses everything. It's all his anyway. Uh, the reality is the one thing that you'll take to all eternity for the rest of your life isn't your stuff. Never been to a funeral where you haul ships up to heaven ever, have you? You don't take anything, Right? But you do, you are going to stand before the Lord for your salvation. And I believe you're also going to, you know, at some point, whether they're in heaven with already or they're not, there's going to be a lot of relationships that you had influence over, that you spent time with. You know, God's going to ask you what you spent your time on. And, and while he's, your, your gifts and your talents and the way he's blessed you is, is important, the most important thing is, is how did you share my gospel? How did you share my good news? How did you walk out your life? How, how did you impact your coworker, your neighbor, your children? How did you do that? Were you a good steward? I gave you 10 relationships. Did you bring back 100? Did you bring back five? Did you bury that relationship in the ground, right? That's what he's going to ask. How did you spend your time? And it's all about relationships. And so today, we all have a dynamic. We all have a measure. Some of you have like a thousand friends. How many of you guys just have friends all over? You know, getting texts all the time, talking all the time. Wee, can't wait. I have like maybe four friends, and that's perfect, right? Four close friends. But we all have a different measure, right? We all have a different measure of, you know, who that we look to and, uh, you know, and, not saying all your friends, but the ones that are close to you are so important to you. Your family, your parents, your grandparents, your, your kids, all, all important relationships. In fact, think about it. When God created six days, he created a lot of things. The most important thing he created was Adam and Eve, a relationship, a marriage. He started with family. He started with a husband. He started with a wife. They had kids. God said, go multiply the earth. And we're all sitting here because of that great commandment God gave. Multiply the earth, Right? Millions and millions and billions of people on the earth throughout history. Relationships, friendships, nations, all kinds of people. But don't overlook, as God created all of those things, don't forget, God met them every single day. God met Adam and Eve in the cool day, in the cool night, every single day. He went and talked to them. You're valuable to God. I'm valuable to God. You're valuable to God. We don't always think that way, do we? Whatever your view on the Lord is, whatever your view on God, a lot of us have a different perspective, but I want you to know, God will never give up on you. He's constantly trying to meet you right where you are. He's constantly speaking to you. He's constantly revealing things to you. And I think it's important when you see first things, when God created Adam, and then Eve came later. When he created those things, 
It was so important to him that he met him every single day. And that truth has never changed. God will meet you every single day. So that relationship between you and God is it's important to him and it should be important to us as well. That relationship with your spouse, if you're married, is important. If you're not, if you're not married, that relationship you have in yourself and with God is so important. What you do in life is important. If your parents or grandparents, that relationship with your kids and your grandkids, so important. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about, really. Let me start with, let me start with the family, and I'm going to talk about uh, parents and kids, but I'm also, look, if you're not married or you don't have kids, look, it pertains to you. God's, what I love about principles and values um, you know, some of the questions I get asked as a pastor uh, is, you know, especially when it comes to living out your faith. And I want you to know, look, I, I'm not perfect in this either. But I will tell you, the best way for you to stay consistent, to stay constant, and to continue to reveal your love for the Lord is to put his values and his principles in your life and to follow them. Now, Many other people may not do it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, and I'm talking about me. It's when you take principles like what we're about to read this morning or what you've learned through Proverbs, and you begin to apply it to your life, you begin to see how God uses you. You know, the best testimony I could, uh, one of the best testimonies that I love in my life is when people look at you and go, why do you live that way? Why do you act that way? Why are you blessed? Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? How do you do that with your kids? How do you do that in your marriage? Oh, it's such an open book to say these principles, these values of God's word. By the way, there's a lot of people that aren't following God that use his principles, and it's still a blessing. God's word will never return void. It's always a blessing. I've met people that do financial principles out of the scriptures. They may not give the scripture credit, but they've organized their life around it. You know, Dave Ramsey, how many of you guys like Dave Ramsey? Anybody? How many of you don't like Dave Ramsey? It's okay. It's probably 50-50, right? But I love what he says. Live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Now, that's not necessarily only about finances. That's about the way we live out our faith. We live like no one else. We follow God's heart. We follow his values. We value his scriptures so we can live like no one else. Only God's people will live for all eternity. Only Christ followers have the beautiful blessing and benefit of an almighty God using them, speaking through them, working through their lives. And that's the life that I want to live, not only here on this planet, but for all eternity. And so when you begin to think about your family, again, Maybe you have kids, don't have kids, but let me just say, you were a kid at one time. Remember that? Way back when you were a kid. You remember that? It's harder to remember the older you get, isn't it? Do you remember when you were 15, 13, 16, got that license? How many remember when you got your driver's license? Yeah, these kids don't know anything about driver's license. I mean, when you get your driver's license, you drive day one. These kids, are, they're not getting their license until they're 18. I don't know what's wrong with them. Uber and all these things, right? I, I, remember, I got my pilot's license before my driver's license. 
I remember the first day I got it, I wanted to get out there and go. But do you remember when you were like that in those teen years when you knew everything about everything? Your parents knew nothing, absolutely nothing. You knew it all. You ruled the world, didn't you? Didn't you? See, teens, we were that way too. All of us were. We all had parents. In fact, Solomon, when he was uh, talking in Proverbs 4, was remembering, you know, here's the wisest man on the planet. We opened the series. This is Proverbs. Solomon wrote Proverbs, the wisest man that has ever lived and probably ever will live. Probably the wealthiest man that's ever lived and ever will live. He writes this book of Proverbs, which are, which are sayings of wisdom, but he opens up saying, this wisdom comes from God and God alone. I received this from God, but I want you. And he starts off by saying, listen, kids, listen, son, listen, my family, this is for you. You gotta, you gotta receive this wisdom. Now, Solomon wasn't perfect. He was not perfect, but he received amazing wisdom from God. And he shared it with his family. He shared it with his kids. Specifically, you'll see, he says, my son. He's sharing it with his family, and he's also sharing it with Israel. He's sharing it with you today. This is wisdom from God. It's so important. And when he's speaking it, he's actually talking to his kids. He reflects back to when he was a kid. And so the first thing I want to share with you about family and the importance of family, the importance of wisdom is that parent-to-child relationship is crucial. We were all kids at one time. Now, I didn't grow up under the... My, my parents, I have great parents, but they didn't go to church when I was younger. We didn't go to church. They didn't... Now, they believe God, but we never really talked about God. But I can tell you, now that I'm reading the Bible, there's things that they taught me that I'm seeing in the scriptures, whether... They were intentional and knew that or not. There's, there's ways that they raised me that I now see in the scriptures. And David, he was looking back at his life and he was looking back to his dad. Remember Solomon's dad is David. David was his dad. By the way, it was not a moral way that Solomon came into existence, but he learned how important putting God's heart in his heart is through his dad, through David. David wasn't a perfect man, but God said, this is a man after my, this is somebody I can call a friend, a man after my own heart. And David in chapter four of Proverbs verse one says, hear my children, the instruction of a father, just talking to his kids, give attention to no understanding for I give good doctrine. When I was my father's son, so here he is reflecting, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Solomon is telling his kids, he's reminding them, and I think it's great for us as parents and for, you know, as you grow up, and whether you're married and have kids or not, I think it's always great to reflect on what you learned as a child, what your parents have taught you. Now, I certainly understand we all have different experiences. But a lot of what you remember is what was taught to you, what you grew up with. Now, you're here today, so my prayer today is, is that you're instilling the values of God's heart in your families, in your own life. If you have kids, in your kids. But it's so important, that relationship between mother and father and son and daughter. It's so important, that relationship we have. Those values that you put in. So I have four kiddos. I won't mention any names because they charge me five bucks every time I do. But when they're little, parents, right, when they're little, 
They depend on you. When you were little, you depended on your parents, didn't you? To feed, to provide, for shelter, for clothing, to get dressed, to get undressed. You, you needed them for those things. They had to teach you how to take a shower, how to brush your teeth, how many squares of toilet paper to use. All those things were taught to you, right? Values, principles, all those things. Depending on what generation you grew up on, the less squares you used, right? <laughs> These were all things that were invested. And when, you're, when they're young, there's a lot more that you have to guide and direct. And there's a lot less responsibility and, and decisions that, now they still make decisions as kids, but you're, you're constantly guiding them, right? You're, you're a lot more hands-on when they're, when they're little. But how important is it at that early age that you're planting seeds? Scripture says it a lot of different ways. And let me just encourage you, God's creative. You can be creative too. For us non-creatives, I'm one of those. There's a lot of ways to do it. If you need help, I love how God does it. Hang it around their neck. Put it on the doorpost. Write it on their foreheads. Put it on a mirror. I don't, whatever you have to do, Hosea says, put the vision right before them. Have the values before them. Do whatever you have to do to keep it in front of them. It should be like a gong clanging. They'll remember it. And by the way, God's done that for us as well, hasn't he? You see, that's how you instill values. You've got to keep it in front. And by the way, it's not just about preaching. It's also about you leaving it out in front. I don't know what your values are, but I encourage you to have values as a family, to know what they are, to make them clear, to write them on the wall, write them wherever you need. Make sure that it's being communicated clearly and it's easy to remember. One of our values is, is that we're going to forgive, right? There's going to be conflict in your home. There's going to be conflict in your family between brothers and sisters, moms and dads, your kids and you, so you forgive. Another value we have is we, we always gather around the table together. That was important to Jesus, it's important to us, that we gather around the table together, that we eat together, talk. Look, we all have different values, but make sure they're known. The Bible says that as you put these things in their heart when they're young, when they depart, it won't go away. These are principles. These are values. And by the way, they're God's heart. These are things that God desires for all of us. Does God want you to hang on to unforgiveness? No, he doesn't. Did he forgive you? Did he wait for you to get it right before he forgave you? No, he forgave you while you were a mess. And so we've got to remember that in our parent-to-child relationships. We've got to remember that in our relationships with one another. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to say, I'm sorry. Chapter 4, he reminds them of Solomon was saying, hey, hey, look, I remember when I was a kid. Have you ever had those conversations with your kid? Especially like when they mess up. Do you, you probably did the same thing when you were a kid, by the way, right? You probably did the same thing. Maybe a different experience, but it was similar, right? Share that with them. That's fun. And then he goes on to say, look at this. And this is one of the hard ones for us as parents sometimes. Is the value of making choices with guidance, but letting them make choices. Look at verse 5. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Look at the verb. He's speaking to his kid. You get wisdom, you get understanding, which means we have to let go. 
Young people in the room, you've got to make your own decisions. You've got to make your own choices. You've got to learn, right, what wisdom is. You've got to learn what understanding is. You've got to learn about your faith. You've got to learn what it is to live for Jesus on your own. You know, I think all of us know, you can't get saved because of your parents, right? You can't go to heaven because of your mom and dad. You can't go to heaven because of your grandparents. It's your faith. Jesus died for you. You've got to get wisdom. You've got to get understanding. You've got to learn to pray. You've got to learn to read the scriptures. You've got to learn to walk this thing out. You know, isn't it the hardest thing in the world, parents, to let go? For some of us, it is. For some of us, it's so difficult to let go. But he goes on and says, you get wisdom. You get understanding. Do not forget. Don't turn away from the words of my mouth. Remember the principles. Remember the values. Love her, speaking of wisdom, and she'll keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Remember, all wisdom, from Solomon's perspective, is principles. It's the word of God. It's God's heart. That's what wisdom is. When you put that in there, she's going to guard you. Go get it. Find it. Understand it. Look, I don't care if you're young or you're old. We all have to get wisdom. We all have to know God's heart. We all have to learn to walk this faith out on our own. We all have to put these values and principles in their place. Look, even if you didn't grow in, look, we all have different situations. Maybe you came from a broken home. Maybe you were adopted or you're fostered. It doesn't matter. We have to learn to get God's heart in our own heart. We have to make choices. That's why I love that you're here. My heart for everyone in this room is, is that you've got a family. Start looking. What is God's heart in this area? What's his understanding? What's God's wisdom? If you're, if you're a young person, maybe you're a teenager, look, you've got to learn to get this on your own. You have parents. Be blessed. Be, be thankful that you have parents. And that's why I say you let them make choices with parental guidance. Look, they're going to mess up. You need to let them mess up. I need to let them mess up. This is a message for me too. I got to let them mess up. What's the greatest way you learn? Trying. Making mistakes. The greatest fire hose moment in my faith was when it was a terrible situation. It was not good. I would never pray it on anybody. But that's where I learned the most about my relationship with God and how to trust him. Of course, I'm not saying put your kids in a bad situation. But what I am saying is, is when they can live it out themselves, they're going to learn. You've, when they're growing up, you've put it in them. You've given them the values. And even when they're older, the values are still there. Keep reminding them of the values. They may say it's stupid, but you keep doing it. You keep putting it in front of them. It's so important. They won't depart. That's our job. But you've got to let them make choices. The last thing is, is the, the value of conversations with your kid, right? And I don't care if you have kids or you don't have kids. The most important thing with relationships is that you can talk. Not that it's controlled or dictated, but that you can have conversations. That it's not condemnation, that you're not condemning, that you're not, you're not trying to win your own way, but that you can have a conversation. When somebody messes up, when I mess up, with my parents, when I mess up, I, I still talk to my parents. I can still go and talk to them. And you can too. With your kids, you want them to be able to come talk to you. You want to have conversations. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 4. 
verse 18 through 27. I'm going to skip a little bit, but it says, watch this. But the path of the just is like the shining sun, shines even brighter onto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. Put away from, your, from you a deceitful mouth and put away perverse lips from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Look, these should be great conversations with your kids. Another, another translation of one of these verses is teaching your kids how to guard your heart. You can't demand them to do that, but you have to have conversations with them about it. Be intentional, taking them out. What's it mean to guard your heart? What does that mean? What's it mean to guard your heart in relationships? What's it mean to guard your heart in friendships? What's it mean to guard your heart in media? Right? Kids, you guys, my kids tell me all the time, I don't know anything about media, right? I didn't grow up with media. My media when I was their age looked like this. It was a big phone. It took two hands to open it up. You remember those? We didn't have all this stuff at the palm of our hands growing up. How do you guard your heart when you're watching this stuff, when you're doing this stuff? Look, they're gonna be watching things, seeing things, listening to things. How do we guard our hearts? It's different when you're standing there going, guard your hearts! What's the matter with you? Guard your hearts! Versus having a conversation. What did Jesus say? What goes in your heart comes out your mouth. Look, we've all blown it, haven't we? We've all said things that we shouldn't. The reality is we're probably hanging out with somebody, watching something, doing something that we've given too much influence to something that we shouldn't have, and now it's coming out of our mouth. See, it's not hard for you to see it in yourself, but with your kids, they're the same way. Look, don't berate them, condemn them. Just talk to them about it. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Let's talk about it a little bit. I love what Solomon says here about these conversations, look, guard your heart. Keep your eyes straight ahead. What does that mean, keep your eyes straight ahead? We walk like this all the time? Is that what he's saying? What's he saying? Keep the values in front of you. Keep my heart in front of you. Look, a lot of your friends and a lot of my friends and a lot of our coworkers and a lot of our family members even are gonna go this way. Jesus said, wide is the gate that the world takes, but narrow is the path that I have for you. It doesn't mean that it's difficult and only a few people can find it. I mean, that's the reality, but it's available to all of us. God is saying, look, know my heart and stick to it. There's gonna be times, Philippians says, there's gonna be times when you have to tell your thoughts and your flesh and your mind, you're gonna have to, have, you're gonna have to war and bring it to the obedience of Christ, which means you're gonna have to know the values and uh, principles of God's heart. Your flesh is gonna wanna do it. Your head's gonna wanna do it. Your friends are gonna wanna do it, but you're gonna have to say no. You're gonna have to make a choice. And this is what Solomon's teaching his kids, saying, look, it's gonna happen. And if you mess up, come talk to me about it. Let's talk about it. Let's not hide it from one another. Let's not avoid one another. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. But remember the values. 
Remember God's heart. Remember these principles. This is the target. We're in life, rather how old you are, we want to hit that target. We want to hit the target of being worshipers that praise God and love God and forgive people and love people and have kind words and, and generous words, not, not words of filth and flander and swearing and all of those things. We want to have gracious words. You never realize how much growing up is, maybe you're a doll or maybe you're a grandparent right now, but the impact of your parents is one of the most valuable relationships you ever had. And if you're a parent, this is your opportunity. Not to control, not to dictate, but to mold and craft. To have conversations. To, As they get older, look, they're going to make choices. You've got to let them make choices. And then you give them parental guidance. You don't control them. You give them guidance. You try to remember. You remind them of the values. Hey, Son, hey, daughter, that wasn't the best move, but hey, I've done it. I was there. Share a story from your life when you really blew it. I get it. I was, I was your age one time too. And it's not the same. I know it's not the same, but we all have these same struggles in life. So your family, one of your most important relationships. Let's talk about your friends. Kids, adults, look, let's talk about our friends. You have friends. I have friends. You have High school friends, middle school friends, I have work friends, I have church friends, I have friends around too. I have high school and middle school friends too that I grew up with. We all have friends. What does God say about our friend relationships? Proverbs 12, 26. Now, this is gonna be some good stuff. I suggest you write it down or remember it or circle it in your Bible. Proverbs 12, 26. Remember these verses as we go through them because you're gonna need them in every friendship. To, the godly give good advice to their friends the wicked lead them astray. How many of you know that to be true? How many of you have had some bad relationships? Did it lead you astray? Maybe it didn't the first time, but over time, it led you astray, didn't it? The reverse is true, too. When you have godly friends, friends that will encourage you and lift you up and, say, and call you out on the carpet, hey, that was not good, John. Get good advice, wise advice. And it'll lead you not away, astray. It's going to lead you right to Christ. It's going to lead you to the cross. It's going to lead you to your values and your heart. Proverbs chapter 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Just another way to say it, isn't it? Walk with the wise. Remember, Solomon said the wise have God's heart. Wisdom comes from God. Walk with the wise and you'll be wise. Sometimes it's hard to look at your friendships and say, which ones are wisdom and which ones are foolish? Isn't that a hard thing to do sometimes? It's a good thing to do, isn't it? And it's not that you can't associate with people that don't know God. That's not what I'm saying. But those that you give greater influence over, it's important that you have people that are, have the same values and heart as you do. Associate with fools and you get in trouble. Let me tell you a story. This has nothing to do with me, but it has to do with my brother. We moved from Michigan to Ohio, small town Ohio. My dad got transferred. I graduated high school. So, in fact, I graduated early. I don't think they do that today. I graduated like halfway through my 12th grade. It was awesome. And then uh, my, my brother was in 10th grade, so he had a couple more years. So he started going to this small school, Beaver Local, home of the Beavers, go fighting Beavers. Not in here. I didn't think so. 
but uh, he went to the small school, but he started making friends. Yeah, I was kind of a little bit jealous of that because I was going, working and going to college. And so he's making friends pretty quick because in high school, middle school, that's what you do. So he's making a lot of friends, but some of his friends weren't the greatest. He was making some of those foolish friendships and started to get in trouble. Not maybe him necessarily, but he was around the group of friends that always got in trouble. Well, you know what happens. If you keep hanging out with them too long enough, it's going to happen to you. So one night they're going out and doing some uh, foolish teenage things that maybe I've done some things like that when I was a teenager, but not exactly. So he goes out and they invite me to go. And I, I said, well, what are you guys doing? They said, well, we're going to, we're going burning. I'm like, well, what does burning mean? He said, well, we just take some gas with us and we go up to a uh, we like to find those, those uh, mailboxes, you know, that have a lot of paper boxes. And then we dump gas on them, and then we light them on fire, and then we drive away. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Thank you, though. That's, that sounds fun, but no. <laughs> and so, but my brother, you know, kept traveling with him. And, and he said, yeah, it's really cool, because you go back and look at it, and it makes this cool form, because it's all melted, right? And I'm like, that's just goofy and dumb. So I kept doing this, and I you know, it progressed. It got even dumber. Right? They were putting, like, finding dead animals and putting them in the mailboxes and all that fun stuff. But then it kept going, right? If you hang out with fools, you're going to get in trouble. Well, it progressed. My brother and I were in car audio a lot. We liked to compete with our stereos and see who could, we could wake up the most neighbors. And so that was always fun for us. So we were competing with that, and we got into all that. And so, so anyway, my brother got um, into, with those same friends, breaking into people's cars and stealing their equipment. And I think any one of us knows that would be wrong to break into anybody's stuff and steal stuff. But when you start hanging out with fools, you do foolish things. And he got caught. And let me tell you, it wasn't a fun day when you were at home and you got a, and it was the police. Now, I thought it was just about burning the mailboxes. I mean, that's a felony in itself, right? I didn't know he had stolen some equipment. Now, around that time, he was a senior in high school and he had just signed on to go to the Navy and when they took him to court, the judge says, you know what, that's a good thing for you. Now, he didn't make him go into the Navy, but he just said, that's going to be a good thing for you. And it was a good thing for him. But that's just the point. When you hang out with foolish people, you get yourself in trouble. And he learned that lesson, and I learned that lesson many times in my life. And I hope you've learned that lesson too. Find some good friends. Find some good friends. Doesn't mean you can't pray for those people burning and cow tipping and all the things they did, but find some good friends. Proverbs 13, 20. Oh, I already did that one. Proverbs 16, 28, sorry. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Here's a good one for you young people. Listen, it's good for all of us, but let me just tell you, if, if you've got somebody that's gossiping, saying things that aren't true about people, somebody's going to get hurt. It may be you, it may be another person, or it may be them. But just separate yourself from that relationship or that behavior. Gossip separates the best of friends, especially if it's one of your friends. Look, confront them, talk to them about it. Good friends will stand up, even when, it's, when they know somebody's doing something wrong, good friend will come up and correct them. Lovingly, of course, but you'll, you'll have a conversation with them. Proverbs 17.9, this is the word for today, by the way. It's pretty powerful. I love Proverbs. It's really short, but there's some deep stuff in there. Listen to this. Love prospers. Now listen, when does love prosper? Don't you want to know? When a fault is forgiven. 
Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Now listen, if you won't forgive, watch this. But dwelling on it separates close friends. I bet you there's some of you out here, and I know it's happened in my life too, where you won't forgive somebody. And now you won't even talk to each other. Maybe you were the closest of friends growing up. You were like brothers, sisters. But now you won't talk to each other. Why? Because you're holding unforgiveness. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it's someone in your friends. Maybe it's a coworker. Remember, the most valuable responsibility we have on this planet by God himself is in your family and your relationships. Let it go. Forgive. Doesn't mean that you forget, but you choose not to bring it up anymore. You know, 10 years ago at Christmas, remember when you did that? Maybe it doesn't start there, but then one little jab, right? One little jab in the, in the hurt pocket, right? Then you keep bringing up all these other arguments. Choose to forgive. Love prospers when you forgive, when a fault is forgiven. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born in a help of time of need. Proverbs 18, 20, friends, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. How many of you guys have some friends that's like, that's Uncle Billy? Well, he's not really my uncle. No, he's just a good friend. You just got one of those great friends. They're like a brother to you. They're like a sister to you. Whoever loves, listen to this, Proverbs 22, 11, whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. Remember, the king is writing this. Solomon says, I'll be your friend. When you have a pure heart and gracious speech. Listen, this is why I'm telling you, for everyone in this room and everyone out of this room, whatever you put in your heart is gonna come out of your mouth. If you wanna have gracious speech, then you let gracious speech in. If you wanna have a pure heart, then you have to guard your heart. What you're watching, what you're seeing, what you're doing, who you're hanging out with. So important in friendships. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Isn't that true? Even if you have a friend and you guys get into a little conflict, you get a little hurt in the process. Listen, when you forgive, when you have a sincere friend that you love each other and you make it right, that's so good. It's so much better than someone that's just trying to use you using flattering words to get what they want, but they really don't care about you. I'd much rather have a sincere friend that loves me. Even though it's not gonna be perfect, we're gonna do things that hurt each other, not intentionally, but on accident. Remember the verse before that, be quick to forgive. Let it go. Proverbs 27, 9, 10. A heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume or incense. Now, I don't know about that one. I think Solomon was a little bit out there that day. It's as good as sweet tea, my friends, okay? It's as good as sweet tea. But if you like perfume incense, that's cool. And I don't know about you, but I've got some friends I could call at any moment. If I need something, I'm not sure what decision to make. And look, it doesn't matter if it's godly or, or I'm struggling with something, I could call them at any point. Maybe I'm struggling with something at home or I'm struggling with something in the church, I could call them in a minute and know that they're not gonna judge me They're just a really good friend that loves the Lord and has the same heart as me and they're gonna give me good counsel. It's as good as sweet tea, I'm telling you. It's really good. We all need that friend, don't we? We all need that person. Most important relationship God's given to you is your family and your friends. Just remember that. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, 
whoever it is for you, steward it well. Steward it well. Why don't you stand to your feet? I wanted to remind you the word I felt for the day. Love prospers when fault is forgiven. If there's anybody in this room or online that you just need to let go, now's the time. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. A lot of times this is what we do in our head. Well, I'll forgive when they forgive. Well, how many of you know that's not working out real well? It's been 10 years, you haven't talked to them. Two years, you haven't talked to them. It's your own kids, you won't talk to your kids. Look, I don't know the situation, I don't know the circumstance, but I I believe that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you that this is for you. If you've got a relationship, you've got a family member, a coworker, whoever it is that you need to forgive, I believe the Holy Spirit's telling you, you need to let go. You need to forgive them. For those of you in the room where you've got strong, healthy, good friendships and a strong family, you know what a blessing it is. So you pray for them. I, I, I truly believe God's gonna do a miracle. If you've got one of those broken friendships or family relationships, I believe God's gonna reconcile it. I don't know how and I don't know when, but it's, the first step is you, it's your heart. The first step is me. This first step is us to say, God, forgive me because you forgave me when I was wrong and a mess. And when I was doing those stupid things, you forgave me. And I didn't even ask for it. You did it anyway. That's the same heart we need to have. I just need to let go. I need to forgive. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for this church. Lord, if there's anybody in this room or outside of this room that needs to forgive, Holy Spirit, you're the one that convicts. Show them, make it. Maybe they're already thinking a name. Maybe they're already seeing the person in their, in their minds. Let them take the first step. Just like Jesus, you first loved us. Let us first love our friend. Let us first love our family member. Lord, I, I wanna forgive them. And there's nothing wrong if that's you just saying, God, I need help. Because in my mind, I don't wanna forgive. In my spirit, I, I, I don't wanna, I wanna hold a grudge. Ask him for help. Ask him for help. Lord, help me forgive. Help me let go. And Holy Spirit, I just ask in a miraculous, supernatural way that you'd somehow reconcile that relationship. Now, it may not be today. It may be down the road. But I I pray that when it happens, they'd remember this moment. They'd remember it started right here when you instructed them to forgive. And so, Lord, I pray that. I pray that you would restore, you would reconcile, and you'd redeem the time. However long that's been, you'd redeem it. Lord, we just thank you that you revealed how to do this. That while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You didn't wait for us to get all thousand things right, to come to church for a year in a row. You died for us while we were a mess. Help us have your heart today. And Lord, we come to a place to receive today. We come to a place to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said?